Today is Friday, June 15, 2018, and I filed for divorce a year and a half ago and am still not divorced. And I've nearly um, burned through my $20,000 retainer. Um, I'm sure my attorney is going to ask for more money at some point. I noticed that Mike took another $1,500 out of our account the other day to pay his attorneys. It's pretty ridiculous um, how much this is costing and we're still nowhere closer to being divorced and our situation continues to be weird and bizarre. Um, my attorney recently actually had to file a motion to compel and set a hearing because Mike was not responding to the interrogatory deficiencies. He had 30 days to do that and 60 days had passed and he was still not providing information that my attorney had requested. So anyway, it was, it was set for a hearing and Mike called me, it was set for a hearing on a Wednesday and Mike called me on in the, in the previous week and was asking me to please call off the hearing that he was getting the information together and that this was not a good thing and it would burn up all this money and and I said yeah I I don't want to have a hearing either I don't want to take off work and have to do that but I said that's on the advice of my attorney and so he promised he would get the stuff in it was related to his stock options and stuff and so he finally did send it over and my attorney called off the hearing but it, the whole thing was just a painful mess and the crap with my daughter is not any better. Um, although I've seen her a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, um, she's still not speaking to me and she's acting really freaky. Um, I actually saw her today. I the School is out for the summer and my son is pretty much staying at Mike's for the majority of the summer. And um, I went out there today because I was working remote and Tori pretty much much acts like I'm a ghost. Um, she ignores me completely. She doesn't respond to me or say hello or talk or speak or even look my way. It's, it's really weird. Um, and today I, I ran across a handful of old pictures that my mom had sent to Tori um, over Christmas. And they were pictures of Tori growing up and pictures of me and Tori and Tori and her dad. And, you know, once again, I could see all the happy pictures from her childhood and stuff that we've done. I still don't understand why she's not speaking to me, but I think that she's going through something and she's just rejecting me and who I am and rejecting the whole situation, I guess. I'm sure she's experiencing a lot of pain um, that I don't understand and she won't let me get close to her. She won't discuss it with me, so I can't help her work through it. I did set up an appointment with a family counselor and my son and Tori actually went, which was incredible. I thought I was going to have to take my son and he asked his sister to take him and she did. So I was glad they went and spent an hour with this family counselor. And um, I guess Tori told the counselor that she has her own counselor back in College Station. And so um, they went one time and and didn't go again and I guess they're not going to go back and everybody thinks it's a big waste of time um, you know I thought that 
that they could get together and maybe have a few sessions together to talk about whatever pain she's going through and to help them communicate better to me why she's so angry with me, which I don't understand. But I think some of this has to do with my daughter and I are such very different people. I, th- I look at her, she's 19, and I think about myself at age 19. Nothing like her could not be more different. By age 19, I already had been on my own living out of my house for two years. I was in college, paying for my own college, and working nearly full time. And let's see, when I was 19, I guess, I had a boyfriend named John, and we lived in Edwardsville, Illinois, and I was going to Southern Illinois University, studying journalism and business, and um, I did drugs, you know, I would smoke pot and drink and do those kind of things and stay out and party, I was big into the party scene. And, um, I took ecstasy twice, uh, both times with John. Um, one time we took it at a nightclub and a friend of mine took it with us and she ended up freaking out and went to the hospital the next day. And then I took it another time when we were in Tyler, Texas. But the point I'm trying to make is, you know, I was a drinker and a partier and, worked and was on my own and I didn't have I didn't have any parents supervising me. I didn't have any parents supporting me. I was kind of wild um and just on my own. And my daughter is completely different from that. She's you know, involved in a church that to me from the outside seems like a cult. I think she's drinking the Kool-Aid big time. I think, um, you know, she would never dream of doing drugs. She's making straight A's at Texas A&M. She made the dean's list an honor roll and takes it very seriously. But, you know, she's not working. Um, Her dad and I support her completely. She drives a brand new vehicle. Um, I didn't even have a new vehicle until after I graduated from college and paid for it myself. She's lived a very sheltered life. She's been around a lot of good people. I understand that she's got high anxiety. I don't really understand why. She has a pretty easy life. I mean, she never has to worry about money. She never has to worry about paying tuition or paying for her truck or car insurance or her phone or anything. She doesn't even have a job. Um, Some people might call her spoiled. And she's still not talking to me. I'm still blocked from her phone. I've been blocked for six months. It, to me, from my point of view, it, she seems kind of spoiled. And just like she's having this protest. She's rejecting me and who I am and what I am. And I don't know. Somehow it seems like she's just disregarding everything that I've done for her and how much support I've given her from the day she was born and I was good to her I've never had trouble sleeping over the fact that I wasn't a good mother I was a 
damn good mother. And my therapist told me a couple of weeks ago that if I'm guilty of anything, it's loving too much and doing too much for her. I did everything her whole life. As I've described ad nauseum in previous audio blogs, I was a very good mother. This is her problem, you know, and unless she's going to share with me what's wrong, I can't help her fix it. I did notice today I was very surprised when I saw her. I haven't really got got a good look at her in a while before today. She's put on a lot of weight. Her weight has really yo-yoed around up and down. I know at one point a few years ago we were concerned about how thin she was. And uh, now this this is about as heavy as I've ever seen her. She's she's heavy. She's she's bigger than I've ever been. Um, my mom is really thin. I'm fairly thin. I mean, I, I would say I'm I'm trim. I'm not fat or anything. But I that's the heaviest I've ever seen her. I know that um, Mike's mom is pretty heavy, so she's got those genes. But um. She didn't talk to me today, uh, but she seems like she's okay. I mean, she's hanging out with her brother a lot. Um, I think my son also needs a job. He's 16. He's six foot tall, strong, big, smart. He should be working. He just plays video games all the time and stays in his room. When I was 16, I had two jobs. (laughs) And I know I shouldn't compare myself or compare them to me. It's a different time and different thing. But, you know, I think that my son is lazy. Uh, He needs to be working and doing a whole lot more. His room's a wreck. And uh, I think that for my daughter, she just needs to mature and she needs time and perspective. You know, I had such a very different childhood and I had a rough childhood and it was... I was poor growing up and deprived of a lot of things and was teased about being poor and not having nice clothes. And I was teased about not having a nice house and having crooked teeth and a shitty car that my mom drove. I mean, I had to grow some thick skin and I, it made me rough around the edges. No doubt. I'm, I've been called a scrapper. I'm sure that's true. Um, I consider myself rough around the edges. And um, I'm sure at times my kids have been witness to that. They really hate the way I treat technical support people on the phone. I get very frustrated very quickly with tech support, especially people in other countries. I can't stand it when I'm calling for tech support for a product that I bought and use in the U.S. and I get transferred to India or some other country and they can't speak English. And I, I, I get short with them on the phone and my kids have always hated the way I treat people with tech support. I've tried to get better about it. Um, it's not about being racist. I don't feel like I'm a racist. It's about just frustration. They can't understand me and I can't understand them. And you're already calling them with a problem. So you're already frustrated. But I wish my daughter understood me a little bit better 
and maybe she will over time. You know, I can remember hating my mother when I was her age and I just thought my mom was a complete idiot and was controlling and manipulative and all those things. Um, and it, it took a long time. I was probably in my late 20s, early 30s before I started to appreciate who my mother was. Now, we still had fights. We still have fights. My mom and I had a fight recently. Um, we still sometimes don't get along. But knowing what her childhood was like, and I think hers was worse than mine, um, helps me understand her more and frankly forgive some of the behavior that's not that great. And I've asked Tori to forgive me for the things I've done that have hurt her, like pretending to call Santa. That was her big thing. Um, the day after Mother's Day when she told me how much she hated me and told me that she um, called other women on Mother's Day and thanked them for being nice to her and more like mothers than I ever was, which is absolutely ludicrous. She's in fantasy land. Um, anyway, I forgot the point I, I was even trying to make. Um, on Mother's Day, I never heard from Tori which was very hard. Oh, just that understanding my mom helped me, you know, forgive her. When I talked to Tori the day after Mother's Day, I did ask her to forgive me. I said, you know, if you're a Christian, then I know you must have forgiveness in your heart or, you know, Christians are supposed to. If I've hurt you, please help me understand what I've done, number one, so that I don't do it again, and number two, so that I can ask for forgiveness. You know, you can't ask someone to forgive you for something that you don't know what you've done. But lately, my feelings towards her have started to turn a little bit angry. Like, I just want to go, you know, pull your head out of your ass. You have not had a bad life. I have not mistreated you. You're acting like a spoiled brat. That's what I've been thinking lately. I'm still devastated by the pain of her rejecting me. But it's not just about me. I, I, I haven't... I don't deserve this. I know that I don't. I I told her that I was the best mother I could be. I told her I did my best. I did my best. I was not perfect. Clearly, I did things that upset her. Um, I did not want to stay with Mike, and I know that hurt her. But um, I did my best. I really did. I really gave 100% to being a mom. 110%. Probably gave up too much of myself for many, many years, a decade at least, um, before I kind of started to get my own life again and have activities and interests outside of my children. But she's got, she's got some kind of problem she's going to have to work through. And I'll always be there for her, but, you know we're going to have to talk about what's going to happen this fall. You know, I'm still paying 50% of her college tuition, 50% of her truck and phone. I still pay half of everything. That's going to change. I just, I don't think it's a healthy thing to do to continue paying all these things for a person who doesn't want anything to do with me. You know, relationships are a two way street. And I'm going to say to her, you know, Tori, are you doing the right thing? Do you feel morally righteous taking money from someone who you have cut off and refused to speak to?
and see what she has to say about that.